0: Thing that I I tell women that I learned from her is to tell the Lord what's really in your heart. So, like, if you're sitting and you're listening to this, and you think, I don't even have faith. I don't even think Jesus hears me. I don't even know if he's listening. I don't believe he can hear the prayers. Of however, many billion people are on. Tell him. He knows you're angry. And so you you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I know this is displeasing you, and you know it's in my heart. Will you help me? And He does. But none of us are honest with the Lord because we think if we don't tell Him, He doesn't know. But Bible says, <laughs> "Before word is on our lips, He knows it." So, yeah.
1: Welcome to the Intertwined Life Podcast. I am your host, Jenny Zentz. I am a wife and a mom on a mission. I've got a passion to help women discover practical ways to apply the power of God's word to our everyday stuff. I truly believe that our walks with the Lord should be seamlessly intertwined with our everyday lives. It should affect every move we make and every breath we take. So come on, let's do life together. You've got this, cause he's got you. Hey guys, welcome back to the Intertwined Life Podcast. I am really sorry. I went kind of MIA last week. (laughs) So it's been three weeks since my last episode. I usually release every other Thursday, but you know... It's it's a life season and sometimes we need to pick and choose and so last week I needed an extra week just to kind of get my mind around life season right now and it's a great life season but it just is what it is and so we need to be flexible with that. So I needed a little space and a little margin, but I am here. I am back with a wonderful episode that I am so excited to share with you. It was such an honor and a privilege to do this interview. So, If you've seen the movie War Room, first off, if you have not seen the movie War Room, what the heck? You have got to see this movie. It features the beautiful and wonderful Miss Priscilla Shire, and it is a Kendrick Brothers film that came out, goodness, I don't know, it's been quite a while, but oh my goodness, it's so, 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 so good. It is so powerful. It's hilarious at the same time, and yet it is so inspiring, and it features the life of A woman in the movie, her name is Miss Clara. And Miss Clara is an older lady that has this unbelievable prayer life and this unbelievable vivacious um, desire and ability to witness and to call others up and to mentor others and to just have this friendship with the Lord that is so real and so very much intertwined in her everyday life. Well, when that movie was being made and being written, the Kendrick brothers were made aware of a lady named Molly Bruno, an Italian American in Manhattan, who they have called the real Miss Clara. While they were writing the movie, they found out about Molly Bruno. They met her. She was in her 90s, so precious, so wonderful, and they were so inspired by her. And so much of what Miss Clara became in the movie War Room was modeled off of the real life story of Molly Bruno. And actually, in the end of the movie, the Bible that Miss Clara uses for the I mean, I've got chills right now. The unbelievable prayer scene at the end of that movie when she is on her knees and she opens her Bible that is so well-worn and she calls on the name of our God. Guys, I can't tell you how powerful that scene is. The Bible she is using in that scene is actually Molly Bruno's Bible. So... All that being said, Molly Bruno was a real woman, a beautiful, powerful woman of prayer and love, vivacious, spunky, hilarious. And her daughter, Miss Marie Armenia, has written a book called The Audacious Molly Bruno, Amazing Stories from the Life of a Powerful Woman of Prayer. And currently, my Bible study and I are actually going, my women's Bible study, we are going through this book and we have been loving the book and it's inspiring. It's easy to read. It is hilarious. You laugh, you cry, <laughs> it, but it's so, so good. It's challenging and it's encouraging. And I hope you'll get the book. The links are in the show notes because it's really good. It's an easy read and it's a Fun read. But all that to say, when we started going through the study, I was so touched by it and we were all loving it so much that I thought, you know what? Why not? I sent an email to Marie and I just told her our study's going through this. We've been so touched by it. We love it. And I'd be honored to have you as a guest on my podcast to come on, to interview you and to let you share more about your mom and this great book. And Marie got back to me within a couple hours and was so excited. She is a singer, a songwriter, a speaker, an author. She is writing articles all the time. She pre-COVID traveling the world doing women's conferences. I mean, she is a busy woman. And she got back to me so quickly and said, yes, absolutely. Hallelujah. Thank you for loving my mom. I would love to come on and talk with you. So we scheduled it and I was actually able to schedule our Zoom interview for during the Bible study time, where I usually have the women in my home and they got to meet her via Zoom and be there for this interview. It was just such a cool opportunity. I hope that you enjoy this as much as we did. Pop those earbuds in and don't miss a minute of this inspiring conversation with Miss Marie Armenia about her awesome mama, Miss Molly Bruno. Miss Marie, welcome to the Intertwined Life Podcast and my living room. Hello. Hello. I'm so glad you're here. It's our first time and have the podcast in front of a live studio audience. So <laughs> we are joined by some of the women going through the Bible study or the book study right now we are doing of your beautiful book written about your wonderful mom, the audacious Somali Bruno, um, an amazing stories of a life of a powerful woman of prayer. So thank you so much for being willing to do this interview with us
0: welcome. I'm honored to do it.
1: We are honored to have you. So before we get rolling, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? I know you're a singer, songwriter, speaker, all the things. So let us know just a little bit more about you.
0: Yes. Yeah, so well, I've been married for, it'll be 52 years to my husband, Bill. I was four when my husband... <laughs> uh, yeah, we have a son and he's been married for 25 years. They live a block away from us. Oh, wow. Uh, they moved here after we did. So they wanted to be close. to children <laughs> who are grown, 17, 18, and 20. So it's just a, a good life. And my parents moved here before, they lived here for 14 years. And so, and my husband uh, works with, he does music. We, we used to sing and travel and I spoke at women's retreats a lot and just, We've been a, he was a pastor mm-hmm. for eight years in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. I, so then after we left there, we moved to Tennessee and we've been here 22 years. Wonderful. I write, I write a lot for Lifeway and I write for, you know, just whoever asks me to write. Yeah. And I write for two local newspapers. Great. So I'm just. Everything the Lord brings you, right? <laughs> You know, the COVID has kind of shut down the traveling, not as much, but it, it's starting up again, so. Sure.
1: Good. Oh, that's, I'm, I'm so excited to hear you share with us, you know, your story, your mom's story. And so I'm probably going to do an intro to this episode before it goes out. So everyone's already going to have heard more about the book and about your mom and about the connection to uh, the Kendrick Brothers film War Room and how that worked out because, so inspiring. But yes, your mom's Bible is the one that was used by Miss Clara at the end of the movie. And the movie had already started recording before you guys connected with them. Is that correct?
0: Well, it was sort of so I, I write a lot for Lifeway. And one of the editors that used me a lot left Lifeway to go work for the Kendrick Brothers. Oh, okay. They were having a meeting as they were writing War Room she said to them because she knew my mom and my mom prayed for the she said you know this woman reminds me a lot of my friend's mother marie oh wow my friend's mother molly sure and um so stephen wanted to meet her so we did a zoom meeting she came to my house she had no clue who they were or and so um she just loved stephen she just said that boy to her he was a boy yeah <laughs> I'm the lord and i am going to pray for this movie mm. so uh yeah they were and so the, a couple of things they did in the movie they patterned after her my mother was a lot like miss Clara. claire mm. so, so but, but she and then they just she was praying and she would spe- know specifically like she would say was someone so sick because i prayed for them in the middle oh. of the night and so I would ask Brenda and she would say, that's amazing. We rushed so-and-so to the, you know, the Lord just wow. spoke to her. Yeah. And, yeah. She says, and then, um, so the movie came out in June of 2015. In September of 2014, they said, uh, hey, Stevens in Nashville. He'd like to interview your mom. And we said, sure, that's great. Well, so then these trucks pull up and there's all these camera crews. So they they filmed a, uh, like two hours with her and uh-huh. her and Stephen just loved each other. Yeah. So then they used a portion of that video that um, and put it on the DVD of every war room. Oh
1: um, yeah, it's in the end, right? The bonus
0: material? Yes. So in the meantime, I had already started to write the book about her yeah. because um, i had traveled i what i was doing at the, i was i speak at women's retreats a lot and i grew up in this household where like jesus was actually in our house and i started right. to see i spoke mostly to mainly to church women at women's retreats and. Sure. and i started to understand that many of them did not have a mother who loved jesus like this i thought everybody's mother was like this yeah. I, uh, I decided, let me just share my mom with them, you know, because, you know, people would say, oh, that thing you said about your mom, so I started to write the book, so I was almost finishing it, and the timing of the Lord was that, um, the book, the movie came, she passed away in June, my book came out in July, the movie came out in August, and in October, she was on, uh, every dvd and it sold millions of copies yeah and i could not have orchestrated that i don't have an agent that you know sure. and so people started to look for her amazing yeah it was just the lord loves her and just wanted her little life out there
1: i love it oh i mean it's so it's so great and of course i'm going to link to the book and of course the movie i encourage everybody to see this movie i've shown clips of the movie and we talk about the movie um when it came out my daughter who is now 12, I guess what she was six or something like that. And I love to tell the story that I love that movie and it became her favorite movie at six. She was so into the movie and she loved it. And of course we love Miss Clara and we love Priscilla Shire who doesn't and the whole thing. And one day she came in the, to my bathroom where I was getting ready. And I started talking about the movie cause she was saying, I just love that movie War Room. And she watched it literally every day for months. And I always tell people we should all watch it once a month Cause it just reignites your prayer life. You know, the simplicity, and I think that's probably your mom's story that prayer doesn't have to be that complicated. Right. I think your life lesson that you said, one of them was prayer is telling someone who loves you more than anything that you love him the same way. And it's so beautiful. So my daughter comes in and she's telling me how she loves the movie. And I'm trying to think of how to Put into words, into a six-year-old terms, what I'm, what I feel when I watch the movie. I'm saying, yes, it just really, it encourages me and it makes me feel excited about, about praying. And I was trying to figure out how to voice it. And she looks at me, she goes, it just makes me feel strong in the Lord. (laughs) Wow! Like that's exactly what I was trying to say. Uh, it it has it's inspired so many for so long, and most of us here have seen it. And those who haven't, I think we're going to do a watch night soon. But it's it is it's so incredible. But I love being able to read in your book the real life stories of the modern day Miss Clara of Miss Molly Bruno. And so that's that's some good points. You know how that you felt like your mom. Everybody's mom's probably like this. I, I grew up in a Christian home, but I cannot imagine watching the way your mom witnessed for one. I think we've all talked about that. Her opener was Jesus loves you. Mm -hmm. And we all talk about how that it's simple, but yet how hard it can be to just say that to anyone. It sounds like that was her opener with anybody she met. How, as a kid watching that, did it just seem natural to you because you grew up in that? Does
0: it, or was it as shocking to you as it is to us <laughs> you know i think i think i've come to realize that my life was very unusual because my grandparents yes out of a religion and my grandfather started to read the bible and my grandmother didn't want to have anything to do with with what he was doing but about 6 months later she saw such a change in him and then my grandfather became a pastor and the good thing is he didn't know about churchy stuff so like he didn't know what the tradition was and so he just read the bible and then did what the bible said amen and so uh i realized that was very unusual so my grandmother i never met my grandfather my grandmother was a prayer Mm -hmm. so i grew up with my mom and my dad as if jesus was a real and living being which he really is And so I didn't grow up like, sadly, so many people who go to church grow up, you know, God's not going to ask any of us, which church did you attend? Mm -hmm. He doesn't care. He wants to know, did you love my son? You know, was he real to you? So yes, it was normal to me. I knew that she didn't care if I was embarrassed when I became a teenager. She didn't care. And so she, yeah, she, everyone, and, and the most amazing thing is people responded to it. Yes. Like uh, I put in the book that there were lots of times that they would say, hey lady, get out of here. This is New York City. Sure,
1: yeah, yeah. we're not just talking about like where I grew up in the Bible Belt, like we're talking
0: <laughs> Manhattan and yeah. So, and when you go up there, you get used to people cursing at you, she didn't care. <laughs> Yeah, so I think the one that surprised thinking about this when I knew I was doing this, the one that surprised me the most, I put it in the book, was the time she witnessed to a man on the top of the Verrazano bridge. And I was just like, I think I was 13 or 14, I don't remember, and he was such a mean man because he had come in a storm on the top of a bridge to help this guy With a flat tire, and he got in the car. My mother said, (laughs) "Church, you go to." And just she just started to talk to him, and I saw this man with tears down his eyes giving Uh, his heart to the Lord. You know, uh, I I probably I try to follow her example, but I mean, she just witnessed to everybody. I saw uh, her praying when she lived here with the kid who mowed her lawn. You know, she just uh, yes, So it was very and sometimes i would be embarrassed but she didn't care sure Uh, oh that's yeah a lot of us have kids
1: getting that age and (laughs) i totally understand that part um wow so i think one thing we were all talking about is when she just jesus loves you did she have a plan for what was going to come next did she know what she would say? Or was it literally like, I'm going to say this and trust the Lord. You know, I know in acts, he says, don't worry about what she will say. Cause I will give you those words in that moment. And did she just step out in faith? Jesus loves you and know that God would take it from there and give her whatever she needed in that moment.
0: Yeah, she, I mean, she, she, she read the Bible constantly. I mean, yeah. she wasn't, you know, so she knew the word, but the thing about my mother was that she was what she was saying. Yeah. Like, seemed to me that people reacted to the Lord in her like mm-hmm. they could feel the love as she said it and she was just saying Jesus loves you but there was just like uh, the presence of the Lord was just oozing yeah. out of her so they would say like really yes he loves you but I mean there were a lot of people who told her to jump off the bridge you know like <laughs> and then there's the bridge story in the book yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, she just, she just didn't see anything on earth that was worth more than Jesus and what he did for us. And she never, she was very childlike. Jesus said, unless you change and become as little children, you will in no wise enter the kingdom. And so there's a part of being a Christian that needs a childlike faith. Jesus did not come to create a bunch of followers. He doesn't care if we know the whole book of Thessalonians by heart. You know, he doesn't really, he wants us to know his word, but he wants us, God wants us to be changed into the image of Jesus. And that's what my mother was. So honestly, I would say that I just saw people just respond to something in her. Yeah. And, you know, that's.
1: It's why I call this podcast, the intertwined life podcast, because mm-hmm. it's so easy for people to have their God life and their real life as, yeah. as they would say, you know, quotes here, but it's that intertwining it's your walk with the Lord and your everyday life becoming seamlessly intertwined. And then it affects everything. And I'm, that is, you know, if one of my understanding, that's how your mom lived her life. It wasn't like, okay, I have my quiet time and I go to church and then I do life. No, it's completely inseparable. And mm-hmm. like, Yeah. I love what you're saying that that's what people responded to. And I I do say, we talk about that sometimes that we feel like, and I think Satan wants us to feel like if we are going to continue walking with the Lord and he can't stop that, he wants to try to keep us from affecting others while we're at it and make us afraid, right? To, to speak up, to say anything, or we feel like we should tell someone Jesus loves them, but then what? But if we are just walking with him and his word is in our heart, it flows out naturally. And he prepares that way before, like you said, people were prepared in their hearts, even if they didn't know it, to encounter your mom, you know, because God was already working.
0: And I think, I think she was prepared in her heart. She didn't just go walking through Target, telling every person she passed. There would be people, you know, I think the Lord maybe would say, speak to her or speak to him no she was just filled with love and I don't know what it was about her that people just responded to her it was the love of God and she just loved him and she wanted them to love him and she didn't care you know what it cost her you know as a child growing up I said in the book many nights our nice hot dinner left our table and went home with somebody who happened to stop in you know and (laughs) She was just, and my dad, you know, I don't talk about my dad, but he was quiet and delighted in her, but he was just as much in love with the Lord. So, yeah,
1: I think that's a great um, example. Like you just said, he was quiet. Cause we talk a lot, like I'm a very fiery, passionate person and my husband, I always call it a non-emotional wisdom, you know, and he has as, as much of a walk with the Lord as I do, but it looks different. And I think sometimes we can try, I've been encouraging all of us as we've been going through the book, not to try to make ourselves or our lives or our walk look like Molly Bruno, right. because God has a different individual relationship with each of his children, but it's drawing closer to him. And I think that's the example, the more we're in the word, the more we know him, the more we will recognize his voice and his nudging. So I think just walking with him daily and consistently if what I'm hearing from you, she would know when the Lord laid on her heart to talk to someone. And then she knew to just leave it in his hands and not feel the pressure. Yes. I, one of the quotes that I really loved just from the introduction, even of your book, you said, we cannot make it through the troubles of life on mental discipline alone. We need something formed within us, something that becomes part of who we are in our inner being. And that always makes me think of uh first Peter five ten, where it says that God himself will equip us and strengthen us and make us what we ought to be. It's, it has to become but, part
0: of who we are so our our culture more or less was church people church and church people so um i have been around a lot of church people people who go to church love church know the song sing the songs. but a lot of them i would see them calling my mom are dead and empty inside and <laughs> We don't like to say, you know, that that's the truth. But there's a lot of people sitting in church who are very active, maybe in the choir, maybe board members, who truly do not have a relationship with the Lord, but they want to. Yeah. But we've made it into, you know, a, a Ph.D. kind of deal, like you have to know. And they try to do what the Bible says, and they try, but it's the Lord who has to give us the desire to do his will. And when we have the desire, I I just read that verse. I forget where it is. I know what
1: you're talking about.
0: (laughs) We have the desire to do. He gives us the desire and then he gives us the power. So Mm -hmm. I see a lot of Christians who think they've joined, you know, like the Jesus club. You know, he's the figurehead. Mm -hmm. And we're all gathering here. We keep the building up. We pay our dues, but... That's not what the, and my mother wasn't like that. She loved church. They were in church. all. I was a preacher's kid. We were always in church, but it was about Jesus. Yeah. And that verse,
1: I I think it's Philippians 2.13 you're talking about, for it is God who works in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. Yes. Yes. That it takes so much pressure off us. And I think that, I think it's a trick of the enemy. To make us think we have to do all this stuff to be holy. And actually that's going to lead me into one of my next things I cannot stop thinking about. So the thing about your mom, of course, we are so focused on is just the, the effectiveness and the realness of her prayer life. I mean, how tangible and, and real and the line where you said, my mother had great faith, but not in her own faith. My mother had great faith in God's faithfulness that will give some power to your prayer right and it wasn't about her being holy enough or good enough or having enough faith to make god want to do what she's asking him to do it was literally her being able to put everything at his feet because she'd been in the word she knew him she knew his character she knew what he would do in a situation because she knew him inside and out and she was able to just put faith in his faithfulness knowing He's just, and he's good, and he's merciful, and he would do what is best in that situation.
0: I love that.
1: I love that line.
0: Well, because there's a lot of Christians, and it it, it runs the gamut, who feel that the reason they're not getting answers to prayer is because they don't have enough faith. Yeah. Or they didn't, or else, you know, you're not claiming your, I have all authority in Jesus, but- Whatever he does, whatever comes in my life, he knows it's coming. And he has, he is more than prepared to help me to get through it. But she loved him. And so it wasn't about her faith. I never, the thing about my mother's prayer life, again, was the simplicity of it and the childlikeness of it. She never apologized. I never, she was very, I can remember one time she was a, uh, She was here and her and my dad had gone to McDonald's and when they were leaving, she grabbed a bunch of napkins to take with her and she got in the car and they were driving home and something said to her, you didn't need those napkins and you shouldn't have taken those napkins. She she made my dad turn around. She went back to the manager with the stack of napkins to hand it to him. So now this guy, he didn't need these napkins back. He said, thank you. And he threw them away. So she was very careful when the Lord laid something on her heart. She did what she felt the yeah. Lord wanted her to do. Yeah. But she wasn't I never heard her apologizing to Jesus and sure. the Father. She wasn't saying, Oh Lord, help me. Oh, I'm so full of bitterness. I'm she would just say, Lord, take that out of my heart. I love you, Lord. She never, you know, the Bible says in the flesh dwells no good thing so we sometimes think if we look at ourselves and we do this inner search the more you look at yourself the more depressed and <laughs> you get. because you and i are wrong inside yeah no matter how long the lord deals there's always going to be something about us that isn't pleasing to the lord that's why we have to just and this is what my mom did freely accept the gift Mm. of his acceptance he loves me yeah he loves me yeah there's stuff wrong yeah I have bad attitude he loves me he wants me to know he just wants me to know him and so I'm sorry I'm off on a little no this is great but I I find that a lot with women because we're so insecure And in reality, insecurity is probably one of the worst tricks of the enemy Mm -hmm. that we don't deal with because we think, oh, I'm so humble. I'm so insecure. But insecurity really comes from a sort of a pride, Mm -hmm. which is like, well, I'm not like her. I don't have what she has. I can't do what she can do. Therefore, I get to feel sorry for myself and be insecure but no if you're in christ jesus you can do all things through him yeah. all things and so insecurity in a christian woman has to be confessed to the lord mm-hmm. we have to accept like god did not call me to do a podcast but it's wonderful that you are and i'm sure many women are being blessed by it but okay. like, if i was doing a blog i would blow up the internet i don't know how to push buttons. <laughs> My son had to come by and show me how to sign on to Zoom, you know? I understand. (laughs) I'm not much beyond
1: this, (laughs) but you're right. It's, let's see, I even think I had that somewhere. Let's see. Yeah. So that's one of the things I was actually going to mention. And I don't know, we can kind of jump back and forth, but because you're making me think of Hebrews 12, one and two, I always tell people stay in your own lane. You know, when the scripture says, look away from all that would distract, casting off all that unnecessary weight, looking to Jesus. And and you talked about this earlier, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one that starts it. He's the one who makes it perfect, right? He's the only one who can make our faith grow. We just keep coming to him and he does that work. But like you just said, stay in our own lane. And sometimes that insecurity is more, not because, oh, look at me. It's look at me compared to her. Yes, Right. And that's the, the trap, if you will. So and one question I was, oh, go on.
0: No, because, you know, as a pastor's wife and when I would do women's retreats, what I have found, and I'm sure you have, Is that if you talk to people, not just women, but I speak with women, and you ask them, think of a time that you were really down or discouraged, and what encouraged you? And it wasn't, you know, famous pastor so and so or famous singer. It Mm. was uh, a lady in church sent me a card and I got it on the day, or so and so called me, or people, you know, it's like everyday people doing everyday stuff. That hits everyday people. It's, that's what ministers. Yeah. The spirit brings life. And so anyway, go ahead. No, that's,
1: no, that's, that's so good. And it's kind of making me think, you know, your mom didn't probably have a social media feed, right? (laughs) You know, she wasn't out there posting these prayers to bless people all around the world for 1.2 seconds, right? It was those deep touches. It was focusing on the people that the Lord had put right in her path. And then actually and we're
0: seeing about her now. Say that again. We're talking about her. Exactly. She didn't know she was going to, she was 92. She didn't know she was going to mm-hmm. be on a movie, DVD. She had no clue. Yeah. She was just faithful with the guy who mowed her lawn, her next door neighbor. Her next door neighbor, um, when my mom moved in there, um, she went next door and she started to talk to this woman about the Lord. And the woman said, no. And she named her religion. I don't believe in it. I don't wanna hear anything about Jesus. And for the next 14 years, my mother just loved her. And and um, the funny thing is when this woman died, we went to my mother's grave and there she had asked to be buried. She bought a plot right next to my parents and she was so open to the Lord. And my mother never said another word to her about the Lord. but but she would just hand her books. And so, yeah, I get off track. So keep me on. No,
1: it's, it's wonderful. I I could just listen to stories about your mom all day long. It's wonderful. And actually I was going to ask you, let's see, made me think about something. Oh, so with your mom's prayer life and this, it may be a little bit of a silly question, but I know it's a question that we all wonder when we hear about people of great prayer and great faith, did she have a system? Like, did she have her prayers written out? Did she have, keep a list? Did she just pray as the Lord lays things on her heart? You know, you hear all these different ways to create a great prayer life. Was it all just as it came? So let me ask you something. How do you communicate with your husband? Exactly. However, I do make notes so I won't forget. (laughs) (laughs) He was her friend.
0: Yes. He loved her on the video. I don't know if you've seen it, but she says, Good morning, like he's waiting for her in the morning. So her relationship with the Lord was so real to her and obviously to him. And so she just talked to her holy God friend all day, every day. And the Lord would answer her prayer. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's not because of the way she prayed people would you know i've gone to retreats after the book came out and they want to know well like what color was her prayer room her <laughs> room and what like, no seriously people we want a system yeah they do exactly it's Easier to have step one through ten rather than say you know get alone with god mm-hmm. get away from everything my mother did not sit she was the most hilarious person. I mean, I know she's a holy prayer warrior, but to be with her was to be at a party all the time. She was happy. We had fun. And, but she, she didn't care about who won Dancing with the Stars, not that there's anything wrong with that. But her focus was the Lord. Yeah. And yeah. the New York Yankees. <laughs>
1: She prayed them to some good wins. <laughs> that was the only thing she loved. That's awesome. And that, and you know, I was kind of setting you up for that, of course, because I, I felt that's where you were going. And, and I do, I always feel like a lot of times people, like you said, we want a formula. We want to figure out just the right way to do it. And I feel like God's saying, just, just come to me. And yeah. it's not going to look the same for everyone. And I often yeah. talk about how that, people who are not yet there, but they want to get there, but they don't know how to get there. It's like, just talk to him, just say what's on your heart, just show up, you know, trust him to do that work. And I say that when my husband and I first met and he called me on the phone, he had to, hi, this is Tim. Cause I didn't know his voice, right. but the more we got to know each other, right. he could just call and I just knew it was him. You know, I would just recognize him that way. And it was, if we had been introduced, And then never really dated or never really talked anymore. And I knew him, but we didn't really have a relationship. I would have never fallen in love with him. Right. Right. And it's the same with the Lord. Even if someone has accepted Jesus and put their faith there, it's the beginning of what can be a powerful, awesome walk. You just got to show up and, and not worry about things you don't understand or don't know, just show up and, and just cultivate that relationship. Right.
0: Yes, absolutely. Beautiful. And she yeah, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go on. This is so, you. And she, it, the thing that I I tell women that I learned from her is to tell the Lord what's really in your heart. So, like, if you're sitting and you're listening to this, and you think, I don't even have faith. I don't even think Jesus hears me. I don't even know if he's listening. I don't believe he can hear the prayers of however many billion people are on. Tell him. I mean, we go to God like we're, you know, a cable news anchor. And we think <laughs> we tell God something, that's the first thing. And He knows it. He knows you're angry. Lord, I'm angry at my husband. And you can't be angry at your husband. Yeah. Okay. But sometimes He deserves your anger. <laughs> And so you you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, I know this is displeasing you, and you know it's in my heart. Will you help me? And He does. But none of us are honest with the Lord because we think if we don't tell Him, He doesn't know. But <laughs> the Bible says, before a word is on our lips, He knows it. So yeah. He's yeah, very honest with the Lord.
1: Absolutely. Just tell Him how you feel. He already knows, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, so let's see. How did your mom process it when she received the answer? No, you know, when she was going to the Lord, I mean, and praying for someone to be healed or someone to come to know him, or, you know, these, these big heartfelt prayers that are just gripping at us. And we all have experiences like that, where we know Lord, you can do this. And then the person passes or they get worse or, you know, whatever. How did your mom
0: absorb those times? Well, to tell you the truth, she didn't deal with that very often. You know, she just, but I'm not saying every prayer, she just accepted God's will. Like when she was dying, you know, we found out on April 1st and she died June 6th and she was very healthy up until just about a week or so before she passed. And I said to her, you know, mom, what do we want to pray now? she said, I just want the Lord's will. So she accepted the Lord's will. She asked him for everything. And she just accepted now it's his will.
1: And I, and I love that because that's, I mean, that's what Jesus did. You know, we try to say, oh, we need this faith and we have to believe and we pray and we have to speak it and all of this. And while, yeah, we should, we should clearly tell him what we want, what we desire. Christ is our ultimate example. And he prayed if this can pass from me, but nevertheless, your will be done. So I, some, I think sometimes I've have gotten the impression that some people think if we pray for something and then add, but your will, we're kind of negating our faith that he's going to do what we asked, but Jesus himself prayed that way. So I assume that's kind of how your mom was just not questioning God's will.
0: She prayed every prayer, assuming God was going to answer, you know, and like it says her favorite verse, uh, she believed he is who he said he was. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him her prayer life was primarily telling the lord she loved him wanting to know him more reading his word she would always have something from his word and she read it like my whole life for 64 years she read it every day like it was new so she expected the lord to answer but if he didn't, she figured she wasn't God and maybe he knew something she didn't exactly. Exactly, that's perfect. Because <laughs> who are we
1: to think that we've got it all figured out, right? Absolutely. Hi, hey, ladies, how are we doing? Yeah, how's everybody doing?
0: <laughs>
1: Does anybody have a <laughs> they say keep talking? <laughs> Does anybody have a burning question that I know I tried to collect, you know, questions as we were going through that encompassed everything, everybody's thoughts. Is there anything that anybody is like dying to ask? (laughs) They're loving it, (laughs) taking it all in. Let's see. Oh, here's a question for you. Did your mom, in this world we're in now, between social media and all the things at school and all of the opportunities to be involved in so many things, and there's a pressure and an expectation to be involved in so many things. How did your mom navigate that? Was it ever an issue for her? The distractions of the world and like just being a mom and a pastor's wife, the opportunities to do so much were abundant. I'm sure. Well,
0: she was always and only about the kingdom of God, and so um, she wasn't. She wasn't really distracted by anything that had nothing to do with the kingdom of God, you know? So she, no, I never saw her dealing with that. She wasn't, as a, for me, um, my life was always in church youth, you know, I was always like, she wouldn't let me uh, really have a friendship with the world, which is something, and she wasn't afraid to say no. Sure. I wrote in my book, that there was a, t- I don't know if you've gotten to the part about how I met my husband. No, and,
1: like, I don't think I have.
0: It. Well, there's a story in the book. I was in high school. I was in a, it's a huge high school. And I was sitting at lunch. And this guy, I think I called him Ray in the book, or I don't remember. Maybe, anyway, <laughs> maybe that was his name. anyway, he walked. in in, and he's in his uniform and everybody I didn't know him I had been a sophomore and I was a junior he walks in and everybody's running to him and making a big deal he's in his uniform army uniform and all I wanted to do was eat my lunch I didn't (laughs) and the next thing I know he's standing next to me and he wants to know if I'll go to the basketball game with him on Saturday night well so growing up with Molly the first question I asked him was what church do you go to because I was awesome, yeah, I was not allowed to date a non believer. Yeah, now, my, that was not negotiable with my mother, so yeah, I you know, I, I see other parents who don't care about that as much as my mother did, but it was. And so, when I got home that night, I talked with my parents at dinner, we had dinner every night, we talked, and, talk, and it, it didn't take her like 15 seconds to realize, no, I you know, he's not a Christian no, you can't go. So now I'm, I'm 14 or 15. I was such a big deal in school that day. You know, there's 3000 kids in my high school and I had to tell him, no, I couldn't go. So then, you know, on a Tuesday, I was a big deal on Wednesday. Everybody was laughing at me. Yeah. So on Saturday night, when it, when it rolled around, uh, I was really annoyed at my mother. And okay it, good so you weren't completely perfect either you no. so you can, <laughs> so you, can, you weren't like yes mother, you are so right Thank you for I, concerned we, we you know no we were both very opinion no but I was mad at her so she her and my dad decided to take me to a youth meeting that was so cool that my parents were going to it <laughs> 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 we drove back to this church and at the church we were on we lived on staten island which is part of new york and there was a pastor from staten island who was preaching and he was singing in a group with two brothers and one of them was my husband mm. that's the night i met my husband oh wow yeah and so i always <laughs> think what of my mother had I I title it sometimes love is a two letter word sometimes saying no to your kids
1: Mm.
0: I used to say to my son you can be mad at me now but I have to stand before God for how Mm -hmm. I so anyway yes no
1: that is that is so good and that's actually kind of one of the directions I wanted to go that's something I try to tell my kids is You may not agree with everything we say, and you're not going to like everything we say, but what I want you to do is trust that mommy and daddy are seeking God, you know, and that what we, we're not just making up stuff to tick you off. You know, it's kind of what I try to tell them, like, you've got to know that we may not always get it right. And if we don't, we'll come back and we'll tell you that and we'll apologize. But when we come up with a rule or a requirement a request, it's because it's what we feel led to do. You know, and I, I can, obviously you were able to trust that in your mom. Cause you saw her walk, even if, you know, as a teenager, it made you I mad.
0: Annoyed at her though, that
1: week. Say, say that again.
0: I was still annoyed at her that whole week. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> Aren't you guys glad she's yeah. real? <laughs> Cause my daughters annoyed at me a lot too. So that is awesome. <laughs> but the thing about my mother though, that was incredible was she didn't care that I was annoyed at her. She didn't say, oh, okay, She was like, I'm your mother, I'm the mom, and you're not.
1: Yeah, that I think that is sometimes for me, the hardest part is, I mean, it's a big prayer for me that God will not let me get my emotions too connected to my kids' emotions. You know, and my daughter is an amazing, I mean, she was the six-year-old who was strong in the Lord. Now she's 12 and she's bigger than me and she's just very mature and, and awesome and grounded in her faith. But she's a 12 year old girl, right? So I am always praying that my emotions won't get so attached to her emotions that I can stay stable even when she's not. And that is
0: any advice. (laughs) Can you help me? (laughs) I think think that when I was growing up, it was a total, it was 150 years ago and it was a totally different (laughs) society. It's an evil society and Satan is just and so what we need to explain to our children, first of all, Jesus said, um, come out from among them, you know, it's in the Old Testament, come out from among them and be you separate. Yeah. So we're not telling our children, you're not going to fit in with the world. Yes. You're, and that's it. That's part of your decision. You have to obey me. But when you decide to follow Christ, you are, you are choosing the narrow path. And few will find it. Jesus never had a problem with being narrow. Christianity is a narrow path. So, you know, we have to understand when they're teenagers, they want to get along with the kids, they want to do what the kids are doing. But what the kids are doing now is downright sin. And I'm not talking just about the world. I mean, if you talk even in Christian, it's just there's lawlessness all over. And so that's part of the decision we have to make. Jesus said, count the cost. So I have to tell my young daughter or my young son, look, I'm asking you to make a decision now that's going to give you eternal life. It might not be easy here, but I'm concerned that you have eternal life. And part of gaining eternal life is walking on a net, choosing to walk on that narrow path. And few will find it, Jesus said. Jesus was not like, he didn't have a publicity. Now I live in Nashville, everybody's got, (laughs) and they, they put a spin on what you've said. And Jesus didn't care about that. He was like, I'm the way, no one gets to the Father but by me. So I would rather have my kids know, I'm asking you to make a decision that's gonna put you on the narrow path. Yeah. And a lot of parents aren't even on the narrow path.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's that life that's not intertwined. You know, we go to church on Sunday and then we do whatever and, or the parent chooses, but then doesn't pass it on to the kid. I'm gonna let them make up their own mind, you know? And while, yes, of course they have to make up their own mind. You still are the parent, <laughs> you know, you were given these kids for a reason. And if I stand before the Lord and he's like, what the heck happened with these kids? I'm like, oh, I just let them do whatever it's not why I gave them to you. Right. So I feel like sometimes we're dropping that responsibility um, in a big way.
0: But I won't keep, but the Bible says just the opposite. Yes. It's, it's train up your child. Yes. It's it, you know, so there's nowhere in the Bible. I mean, parents do it and there's nothing you can say, but yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. No, it's so absolutely. And actually, so one of my questions for you about that is like we talked about before I'm A woman of many words. (laughs) So, my question for you, because I find myself preaching at my kids sometimes, you know, and part of it is because of life lessons I learned at a much older age than them, scripture I want them to know that can help them now that I wish I had known at that point, you know, all of these things. And you want to download all this great wisdom you've gained and all this information and give them all these tools. Did your mom use a lot of words or was it really just more about her example lived out in front of you?
0: Really, it was just her love affair with the Lord. Yeah. You know, When I was 18 years old, my husband was in was in the Navy and we were away. And I had given my life to the Lord when I was a little girl. But when I was finally on my own, I I had a time with the Lord where I just said, I really want to follow you. And what I said to him was, I want to love you the way my mother loves you. Wow. So it was just, you know, she had a real relationship with a real being. And we prayed about everything. You know, if I if I would say to her, oh, I need a pair of shoes and then, well, let's pray. And then when I got the pair of shoes with my little fat feet, she would <laughs> say, let's thank the Lord. Everything was about the Lord. Yeah. Every way, so. Yeah.
1: You just made me cry. <laughs> I mean, you know, how do we not, That's what we want our kids to say, right? I want to love you, Lord, the way I saw my mom
0: love you. And that is- She was very tough though. Sure. She wasn't just like, oh, I love Jesus. Mm -hmm. She would say, no, you can't listen to that music. No, you can't go there. Mm -hmm. She kept me in the path that she thought I should be on. And there was no debate. Yeah. But she was fun, so I didn't care. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, you, you're not an only child are you marie no i have an older brother okay i thought you had a brother yeah he's eight years older and he okay. lives in, he's involved with southern gospel music he's been with- okay yeah so okay so they moved here to be with yeah
1: i know i was thinking there was a brother but i couldn't remember either okay great she loved me more say that again oh, no, she loved me more, oh. <laughs> she loved me more. Of course, they always do. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, now, here's an interesting thought. You said that you never heard, and we haven't discussed this chapter yet, but when about being um, a wife, the recipe for being a good wife, that you never heard your mom speak to your father without complete grace and honor. Right. I try to be very respectful and loving of my husband, but I'm a little feisty. Mm-hmm. Sounds like your mom was feisty. So, so I love, I like that line was like, Oh, 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 okay. Okay. <laughs> but that's incredible. And then you also say, and she expected the same from her kids. So my question for you is if let's just, let's just hypothetically hypothetically say there's a nine year old boy, I don't know <laughs> who might be going through a phase and a lot of big emotions for a little person. And if you guys had a moment where, or you were in a phase or something and you did come out in a tone or an attitude that was disrespectful, how did she c- handle that? How did she correct or guide? Was it calm and loving or was it like me? Like, oh, uh-uh, I don't think so. <laughs> how did she
0: approach that? Well, I wrote in the book at some point, I, I don't know what chapter it was in there, but I said, I want everyone reading do not think my mom and I just went around singing hymns to one another. <laughs> New York, Italian women. Yes. And, you know, stereotypical, we love. And so we would have disagreements. I never disagreed with her about her rules. I, I just, I don't know, maybe I was afraid. But I just, <laughs> well, I just knew uh, that my parents were the authority that the Lord was in our home, that they were doing what the Lord, so. I wasn't a rebellious child in that way. But we would, you know, if we had an argument, even as I got older, she would always, you know, after we were done, I would be angry or whatever. And then she would always come around and we would sit and we would talk. And no matter what happened, she would just say, will you forgive mommy? I'm sorry I hurt you. And I would ask her to forgive me. So for her, And she taught me that the forgiveness was more important than winning the point. Yeah. And sometimes she would relent. She would never ever relent if she thought I wanted to do something that would affect me spiritually. There was just no compromise. And she would say, I'm sorry. I just don't feel that will help you. And I, I, you know, I have to answer to the Lord. So yeah, I was very, you can tell I'm a feisty girl. So yeah, and she was, and we would, we would argue or, you know, but we just would make up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Never being too prideful to say, I'm sorry, you know, ask for forgiveness. And I think that is massively important in parenting and sometimes often overlooked. Um, So what about, how would you encourage moms and grandmothers that so desperately want to see. Their children, their grandchildren, growing these deep roots of faith. Thoughts there, and thoughts maybe on how you're seeing your mom and growing up in her home, and seeing her in your in your father example, how that impacted your parenting.
0: Well, I saw my parents and my grandmother. I can't, you know, sure. She was the original Miss Clara. Yeah. But I saw them have a deep personal faith, so I think. If you want your children and your grandchildren to have a deep personal faith, it's not going to happen because you sing in the choir. They need to see you every minute of every day so in tune and intertwined with the Lord that he's a part of your existence. My mother existed for the Lord. So that, I mean, that's what I learned. I tried to live that. I have one son and I tried to live that in front of him. I don't know. You know, he's, I don't know if he, he loves the Lord, his family, his wife loves the Lord. So, uh, I think you can't phone it in. Yeah. It yeah. has to be real. You know, the kids have to see, you know, when they're upset, let's go. Let's that's what my mother would say. Let's pray. Let's ask the Lord. And like, I would be like, mom. but we would pray and i mean as i'm sitting here i'm thinking of a thousand little prayers we would pray about everyday things as i was growing up yeah and the lord answered her prayers but just the fact that she included the lord that jesus she made me think jesus cared if i could pass my algebra test yes you know like he cared about that and i I saw that faith. So I think if you haven't been that way with your children and your grandchildren, then today is a good day to tell the Lord that. Yeah. Lord, I want to love you because ultimately we're all going to stand face to face with the Lord. And he's going to want to know, what did you do about Jesus? We're not going to stand there about our grand, and we want them all to be with us. But our faith with the Lord is what we are responsible for. Did I answer
1: your question? Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I think you're exactly, it's on point is exactly, I guess, what I expected. And I love that. And I feel like, again, there's this trick to feel like we have to take so much responsibility when really it's God who does the work and we're supposed to show up. So I feel like it always goes back to Matthew 633. You seek ye first the kingdom and all these other things will be added to you. It's like, I and then we've talked about that a lot lately. When we feel overwhelmed and we feel stressed, we feel like there's so many options. There's too much going on. There's too many things we should be doing. Too many parenting things, you know, whatever. If we can just stop and take it back, you seek ye first the kingdom of
0: God, right? But the chapter before that verse, Jesus is talking to us about life. Yeah. And he's talking to us about, you cannot serve God the mammon. Yeah. You have to choose a master. And we're Americans, and we don't want to have a master. Mm. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord and not do the things I say? So we have Mm. to make him our master. And then he goes on to say, why do you worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat? You know, the Lord knows you need them. This is what the pagans worry about. So you're going to have to make a choice because mammon doesn't only mean money. It means the desire for more house I want a bigger house I have a car I want a newer car yeah a pair of shoes I want 10 be- it's, there's nothing wrong with that but we have to decide what's going to be our master sure. and then he says so then if you seek first the kingdom of God you're seeking God and then all this other stuff you're going to get anyway mm-hmm. so I watched my parents go through life and God took care of them in every stage of their life yeah. They always had more than enough and they had no, no plan, but God, I mean, they were, they were very diligent with their money. It's not, but so yeah, yes. Yeah, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And that's what she did. Yeah. Beautiful.
1: Do you have a final, like a favorite story of your mom? Cause the book is full of stories. Is there one that didn't make the book that you thought about, or is there one that really is your favorite?
0: Well, I think I put my favorites in the book. Probably. (laughs) I I have a funny one. Well, I I, have some funny ones in the thing. She was, uh, my mother was meticulous. I mean, the house was immaculate all the time. And she didn't like if something didn't smell good or she would clean it. She was really into, like, she could smell it. The clothes were just... And one day she, and so every Sunday we had pasta. Is there any Italians? Are there any? (laughs) So you don't even think about it. On Sunday, you're reading pasta with the family. That's what God said somewhere in the Bible. (laughs) So on a Saturday, she was getting ready to go to a wedding and she had gone and got her hair done. And um, so she, she said, oh, I have to get, she was getting ready to leave. Oh, she had uh, Romano cheese in a big hunk. And she said, oh, I have to get this ready. So she was, uh, she sure. didn't grade it. She put it in a, in a food processor, oh, okay. a blender. And so she was doing it and, and she left the top off because she was a little bit like this. And she <laughs> left and went to the wedding. For the next two or three days, she was like, I smell such a terrible smell. She said, at the wedding, everyone smells so funny. Anyway, she found out on Tuesday she had a big hunk of cheese in her hair. She'd been carrying it around. Yes, yeah, she just, my mother's thing was love. I just wanted to end with yeah. everything she did, all the prayers. She was a, a, just a regular woman who loved the Lord and loved the people around her she was full of love and it didn't matter to people what she's the people just felt the love of god so
1: thank you oh oh, thank you so much thank you for doing this for joining us this morning and let me ask you the one question i always love to end with is is there a verse a lot like you have a life verse or a verse that's really bringing you life right now that you'd like to share
0: I have a verse that, I mean, I I don't like to have favorite verses. Sure, they're all good. (laughs) But when my mom died, I told the story in the book that I was very, I was missing her. It was about three or four weeks after she died and I was very, uh, I missed her. And my mother used to, every morning she would get up and she would read the word and a verse would stick out to her and she would take an index card and she would write the verse on an index card and keep it by her phone and when people called, she would read the verse. So on this particular day, um, I missed her, and I got in my car. And this card, can you see this? Yeah. Aww. It's from Psalm 27:14, it says, "Wait on the Lord; be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord." Mm-hmm. And the story is that I saw this in my car. I came in the same verse on another card was written was on my refrigerator. And then there was a third one on my desk within two hours. Wow. And so the Lord was kind of telling me, I'm going to get you through, but you're going to wait on me and you're going to have courage and you're going to be, have, and I, I've learned that when we're waiting, that's when the greatest test is because we pray and we want answers to prayer. I call it a micro waitable <laughs> answer to prayer, but I don't want to wait. And so
1: that's my verse. Twenty Psalm 2714. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so you. much.
0: Bye-bye.
1: Hey friend, if you enjoyed this episode and you got some good stuff out of it, there's a few options you have. One, you could click that little subscribe button. Because let's be honest, who's got time to remember to check back and see if there's a new episode right so click that subscribe button and then when a new episode comes up it will just by the magic of the internet pop up in your dropbox and it'll be right there for you whenever you're ready and also if you would review this podcast Oh my gosh, if you like what you heard, get on there, give it a five-star review. If you didn't like what you heard, just pretend it never happened, okay? (laughs) But if you would do um, a review for me, just take a couple seconds and do that. Not only would I be crazy excited, but also it would just be a great way for us to partner together for you to help this podcast be seen by more women out there, and you could be a part of helping more women discover these practical ways to apply God's Word to just everyday stuff. So I would love it, love it, love it if you could help me out in one of those two ways.